2: Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colton Smith, and as always, I'm joined by Chappy oh.
3: Shepherd. Um, oh.
2: Ben Terrestrial. <laughs> Fuck
4: Ben Terrestrial. <laughs> no, Ben <laughs> Elliot. Innit? Ben Elliot. Oh, I completely forgot. I forgot about my own changing the name. He's not
3: got a surname, Elliot. Never says it.
2: Oh, that's what I thought. Ben Elliot. Ben Elliot. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. It's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we set a film for each other and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. Now the beauty of our film club is that anybody can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home and then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought of the film. This week's film has been chosen by you guys at home in our audience pick and it is E.T. But before we get into talking all things E.T., how has your week been? What have you been up to? We met Queen, didn't we? We met Queen. We
4: did. Uh, so it was Queen at the front, Shepherd and Price in
2: midfield, Coulson Smith in defence, wasn't it? That's how mm. we met I it. was practically the goalkeeper, I think, like the last line.
3: Last line of defence, yeah. <laughs> Me and Jack
2: were on the street opposite number eight. Early on. You're in early doors
3: she got out the
4: car, Jack just turned to me, Jack turned to me and went, oh, it's gone absolutely silent. <laughs> it went silent when yeah, she got out did. the car. Yeah. And then we were saying, it's a minute at best, isn't it? It's a little, hi, nice to meet you. And a yeah. walk on. And, uh, as she started to talk to, you know, the legends, Bill and Helen and Soon or whatever, me and Jack suddenly realised she was actually going to stop and talk to us for like
3: a few minutes. Yeah. It's not yeah. a minute. You know, it's, it's a good four or five minutes. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were nervous. We had, we had in our heads about something that you might say, I might try this little joke. I might try and calm the atmosphere down with this little gag. And then as soon as you see her, you said, didn't you, Ben? All that shit goes right out of your head and you're like, shit, it's the queen.
2: Yeah. Big deal. I think it's the most quietest I've ever been. And I kind of just looked and smiled, didn't have a clue what to do or what to say. You didn't say anything?
3: No. But was there an opportunity for yeah, you then? completely. Oh, yeah. oh there was, yeah. yeah. She said, hi, I ignored her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, she not <didn't>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um' sorry I, I've got a lot on sorry, <laughs> what a cool thing to be a part of you know the whole place was buzzing, wasn't it? There was a great atmosphere around. We were obviously so lucky to have experienced it, and I think I was very much so just in the moment of just enjoying it, and I did just smile and say hello and think you know this is this is pretty cool like and I think it was evident that you know she's a very hard working ninety five year old woman who was enjoying a day, yeah. We got um we got a nice little picture of the three of us on the red carpet though, didn't we? With our with our union. Have we put house.
4: that have we put that on the thingy?
2: Not yet. I was gonna put it out on my Instagram on Friday night and I asked you both for like caption suggestions and you both ignored me. <laughs>
3: oh, we didn't know. Just put on
2: what you want. Dude, I was full camping. I've got time, I'm yeah. lighting the fire. Fa- tell, tell us about bear
4: grills. Well, first off, have you ever lit um you have to light the jacuzzi? What? Log hot tub sort of thing. It's a log hot tub. What? Can't just press it on. It's like... It's not just button. No, (laughs) it's log. So you get this kind of pod with a bed in and whatever. We'd never done it. Got the dog. Star's in there. Star's loving it. Mm. She's straight off next door. Checking the neighbours out. (laughs) Straight up. They had a little dog. And then they went, oh, have you lit fires? And I went, yeah, yeah. And she went, well, you have to light it. Two hours before you want the hot tub, so lit it. Went wakeboarding, went bodyboarding,
2: came back. Too hot. Too hot. <laughs> oh,
4: wait, I, I piled way too much
2: on. Way too much. Were you thinking I've watched the American Barbecue Showdown? I know what I'm doing with these logs. I know
4: what I'm doing with logs. I mean, the poor kids got in and they looked at me like, "Dan, I mean, this is too much. We might faint." And I went, yeah, just wait, just wait, just wait for it to cool down. Wait for Boiling it cool down. your blood. Just <laughs> like it was. I mean, they were, they were sweating. Bright red. Like being in the bus. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they were sweating. And I went, yeah, 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 just wait, just wait, wait for it to cool down. It's pretty much one in the morning, isn't it? We're waiting for it <laughs> yeah. to cool down. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you've got no chance. That's good. <laughs> it, it was mint. Dog loved it. Dog obviously was sleeping with us, doesn't normally sleep with us. And I don't know whether you get this, Jack, but do you ever get the dog... Wake up, which is basically face in your face. Yeah. And then you're not doing anything. And then, right, okay, I'm just going to go straight for the lick.
3: Oh, God, yeah. Ours are tiny. I mean, ours go in the bed. Ours sleep in the bed. I'd be concerned sleeping with one of your dogs. About rolling over? Yeah. Hold on, they sleep
4: in the bed?
3: Well, they've just sort of, like, got free reign. How do they get onto the bed? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, they've got, like, a little beanbag that they can jump up on. And then jump up on the bed. Stairs. Yeah, they've got like stairs. I
4: saw that in a service station. We parked. And a woman undid. She had this Jeep. And she pulled down collapsible stairs. And her two Labradors walked down the collapsible stairs. <laughs> did a shit. Walk back up. It was like E.T. They went down, <laughs> phone home, did their little shit. And then, and then went back up the stairs. I, was, I said to her, that's good. I said, I could do with one of those. Come out the loo <laughs> down the stairs, and then go back up. And uh, Coulson, now, <laughs> before we met the Queen, I got back late, and then Coulson got back from Ibiza late, didn't you? Yeah. And then we had to have a little chat about what time alarm we had to set. Yeah. And then you said to me, You came back, you were a bit
2: tender, weren't you? Yeah, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to sleep, Ben. And you went, oh, why? Jet lag. It's only an hour. And I was like, I've done something. (laughs) Um, I've got to sleep on my front. So the last time we spoke on the podcast was just before I set off on Tour de Tapas, wasn't it?
3: (laughs) Oh, yes.
2: So I've set off on... Tour de Tapas, the well known Spanish cycle ride around the island of Ibiza. And um, I've set off and it's going fine. Obviously, I'm wearing a lot of sun cream, but it gets a bit hot, does Tour de Tapas. So, about, you know, a few miles in, I change from a t shirt to a vest. Oh, big mistake. Ooh,
4: <laughs> you don't see that on the Tour de France, do you? I thought, Stop, <laughs> take the yellow jersey off. and need a vest.
2: Whilst I'm doing it, I bet I'll just re put on the sun cream. So I've re-put on the sub-cream and I've reached around. But there's obviously some patches on my shoulders and, like, collarbone area that I couldn't reach. Because oh. I had the weirdest streaks of sunburn. So you didn't have a spray, you had a cream. I'd left the spray in the boot of my car. Oh, no,
3: you've got to go spray. Exactly, yeah. go Jack. Is, exactly, go I, go I had cream. a cream
2: for the whole what trip.
3: What is
2: it? The 90s? It, and do you know the worst thing was? The <laughs> 70s. Was Nivea Kids, Factor 50. It was. It was... <laughs> It was a rub. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the good one. So anyway, I get back that night, go to bed, wake up, and when I go for my siesta, I can't. I can't sleep on my back, and I'm like, "What's that?" And I woke up, and I just had the worst sunburn in streaks Oof. down my shoulders. So I had to sleep on my front for about. Four nights. He put a shirt on Jack
4: to go and meet the Queen, and he's just like that. Ha, 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 ha. Shirt and jumpy He said, "I can't do this. I can't." I said, "You've got to go." T-shirt. It's too bad. It's
2: the shower in it after. Oh yeah. If I've got any sunburn. It was a bit of going to Ben. I went. I'm gonna to have to go from. Smart to casual to meet the queen because
4: I'm gonna have to go bare (laughs) chested, awkward,
5: but
2: she'll understand when she sees
4: the birds. But it was proper red, Mark. What
2: it was, it was not, and you could see my fingerprints into where I'd managed to rub the cream. So, this week is when the audience at home get to pick what we want to watch. At the end of Stand By Me, the one note from you two was don't pick anything shit. Yeah, (laughs) okay, easy instruction. What What a note. We had probably 300 entries this week and some of them obviously were shit and some of them weren't shit, but we came up randomly with... Random generator. The random generator's done us well again. <laughs> we came up with E.T., good film, mm. versus Breakfast Club. Good film, good That's film. That's semi-final one. Then we had Truman Show versus French Connection. That's semi-final two. So it's, it's, you know, it's it's four
3: good films there. That's four yeah. strong. Could have, gone, could have gone either way. I'd have been happy either way, actually, this week. Yeah. So the final was E.T. versus The Truman Show. They both
2: won their categories quite comfortably in the end. And the film that you guys at home picked us to watch was E.T.
3: Was it close? Not
2: really, no. E.T. won with 61%. Uh, so, right, they, okay. they, you know, they've cleared it by 500 votes, really, there. Yeah. So, uh, right, okay. it's, it, it's it's quite a strong win, really. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about um, you guys at home picking is it means that we get someone from home to come on and give us a synopsis. So, this week on the podcast, we are joined by Zoe Bott, who is from Leicester, but is studying at the Uni of Salford. And she sent us a little note to say her favourite film of all time was High School Musical. So she's obviously got good taste. It's a fix. It's a fix. She's obviously got good taste. And this is what she had to say when we asked her for a synopsis of E.T.
5: E.T. is a Steven Spielberg classic from 1982. The film follows a young boy named Elliot who befriends and brings home an alien who has been stranded on Earth. Elliot shows the alien to his brother and sister and they later name him E.T., Together they must help to look after, protect and hide E.T. from not only their own mother, but also the government officials who are hunting down E.T. Throughout the film we see the friendship between Elliot and E.T. grow stronger as they develop an empathic connection with one another. Although they have become the best of friends, Elliot must
2: help E.T. contact his spacecraft so that he can return home to his own planet.
5: E.T. is an iconic film that has stood the test of time as it is still popular and loved today.
4: Another strong synopsis there, I think. Yeah. Yep. Very strong. People are getting quite used to this,
3: aren't they? You know? Yeah, but come on. They're not up against it. They've got time to think of these things.
4: We haven't We just wing it. I'm doing it I'm doing a few an hour. <laughs> yeah, he says yeah, Jack. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: not easy. I'm having to think on my feet here. It, it, yeah. It is yeah, great exactly. though that obviously we are officially podcasters. We've been doing this for four series. You know, this luckily we've got quite a lot of people that listen to this. And we can literally just put it out to the people that listen to the podcast and then they come on and probably do as good if not a better job it was a very good synopsis wasn't it I'm like oh
4: god it's actually really tri- tricky what we do and then someone just does it in a minute
2: and then, and then effectively does the ratings and you go and
4: that's the podcast lads I've saved you an hour and you
2: string it on for an hour you three talking about shite yeah and actually
4: I could do it all in a minute talking about Ibiza and log cabins and I can do it in a
2: minute. <laughs> Bye! Right, let's get into it. So, E.T., just come on to Netflix, which I think is a really timely sort of pick for us, isn't it? So, if people are at home haven't watched it, it's officially on Netflix now. And Ben said off-air earlier that it's, it's a really good copy as well, isn't it, for a film that's so old. I
4: think they remastered it at some point, because this is 82, isn't it? Um, they remastered it,
3: and so... Netflix have done a very, very good job. They've remastered it a couple of times, actually. Spielberg remastered it for the 20th anniversary edition, 2002, I think. And um, he took little things out, like... You know at the end, when they've all got guns in their hand? And he changed it that they've all got walkie-talkies, because they wanted to take the fact that people might deem it like violent, the government trying to shoot the kids or shoot the alien or whatever. Yeah. And he spent a hundred grand doing that, changing all that CGI and other bits and stuff in between. And then he changed his mind, and then put them all back in. And he said, "People should just remember it and just see it for what it was, and not not try and change it." That's it. So he he changed his mind and went back again and took everything out that he put that he put in. This is a film
2: that really sums up the podcast in terms of it's a film that you have to watch isn't it It, it's one of those like staple classic films Mm. and i remember watching this probably with my dad maybe even with my sister and i haven't watched it for such a long long time but i knew it was a good film so when it came up i was like i'm glad that's a good film and it was off memory but then it's a film that i've not continued to watch And the bit that I remembered as I was putting it on and the bit I was really looking forward to, and this is obviously the child brain that watched it the first time, was, you know when the house goes into like tents and the bubbles and all that, that that was the bit that stuck with me because that just seemed so massive and so unordinary. So as I was sat watching it, I was like, I can't wait for that bit, I can't wait for that bit. (laughs) Um, Right. Um, How did you both
3: watch it?
4: Jack, how did you watch it?
3: I didn't watch it. <laughs> I was gonna watch it, and I thought I can literally almost repeat every single scene, and I know virtually everything that happens in it. So
2: we're gonna put that to the test, by
3: the I way. I know, right? Okay, you will do yeah. Awkward. I saw this film with my daughter actually for her first time watching it a few years back, and I want this is when I was trying to get her involved in in cinema. Really, just saw so that you know you could see how she would experience something because obviously it's an emotional film. This isn't it, yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah. I, I, I was really interested to watch her reaction towards the end of the film, when most people, most adults, even now, will say they cried their eyes out at ET. When you know the ending, when he's in the hospital and they're trying to bring him back. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, but I'm looking at my daughter, no emotion whatsoever, <laughs> completely dead behind the eyes. Just didn't get it. <laughs> just didn't get it. No, 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 no. Just, just weird how. Some things make people emotional and and others don't. And I'd have thought, E.T., everybody's cried at E.T., but not with her. (laughs) Well, how did you two watch it? You just watched it in the flat, Coles?
2: I just watched it in the flat on my own, yeah.
4: Ben? I watched it with my son, and interestingly, I was 11 when this came out, and he is just past that now. But it was a real moment, watching it with him. Mm. It was really quite special, because you're watching it... I'm watching it as... An adult, thinking about when I first saw it as a child in the cinema, which was, when this first came out, it was massive. Oh, yeah. I mean, the film. Like, you don't get it so much now, but back in those days, these films didn't come along. Like, this was going to be the film to watch this year. It was like the Star Wars year. Yeah, The E.T. year. The Raiders year. Yeah. That's how it was. So everyone in your school watched it. So it was quite a thing for me. So I sat down and watched it with him and I have to admit the bit where E.T., I'm gone, I've gone, my head's gone. When E.T.'s dying and he's looking pale, the bit in the river, we'll come to it, always gets me. My head's gone. When he's in the river and a raccoon's trying to eat E.T.'s face, my head's gone. <laughs> I tell you, it was back when I was a kid, I was so gutted. I was like, oh my, my head's gone. I look at my son, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it looks. It, they're too used to CGI now.
3: I don't know. I don't. I don't know.
4: So yeah, but nothing. I'm looking. I'm bawling. I've gone. My head's gone. I'm like, he's gonna die. He's not gonna die. You've seen it before. He's gonna die. Um, so yes, watched it with my son, which was amazing.
2: Straight into it, we have spaceship coming down from space, landing in a field, loads of weird alien noises and one of them runs off and then the next thing you know i guess are they like airy 51 sort of yeah it's a tr- it's a tricky walk isn't it et's got a tricky walk and he's in the wood yeah. not
4: easy that little shuffle until he has to run and then he absolutely bombs he it. it he's quick when he wants to be
3: <laughs> he's a bit like shepherd low center of gravity
2: as et That's
4: it.
3: <laughs> and then he's off do you know the film that by the way when they've got et whenever you see et like running yeah yeah no it's actually um a small child who was born without any legs, but he was really good at walking on his hands. So it's actually a child in an E.T. costume walking on his hands.
4: You're choking.
3: When it's a close-up, it's just a puppet and it's just a guy manoeuvring it as a puppet. But yeah, when it's like full-on, you see movement of E.T., it's a, a small child moving on his So,
2: E.T. is instantly abandoned by his parents, his family, his own kind, because they have to take off because they're being chased by the Air 51. The only thing I can almost relate that to is when, like, you lose your mum in the supermarket, but normally you'd find her straight away, whereas... 80 hasn't ris- <laughs> taken <gone> into space. <laughs> You're on a different planet.
4: I've lost <laughs> It's
2: Hardly a supermarket. <laughs> That's the
4: most traumatizing thing for a child,
2: by the way, is losing. He's your in hair. a
4: different galaxy. <laughs> You've gone to Aldi. You're in the third hour looking at the canoe. You've lost your mum and go. Where do you want to go home? <laughs> Colson, phone home. Literally.
2: You know um, you know, that like in drama school when you do like emotive work and they make you think of something to make you cry? When I was a kid, that's, that's what I used to think of was losing my mum in the supermarket because it used to be the worst thing ever. I'd be stood looking at fucking cheese strings and she'd be on my shoulder, <laughs> and then I'd look around and she'd be gone. And you do that, run up the aisles, looking, looking. You're like yeah. mum, where? And she's not ass. Uh, did you catch her running out the shop? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've got away, quick! Leave him, leave him! <laughs> into outer space. Oh no, I got lost once, and I went into a. I think I was seven. I went to a furniture shop, and I went, I'm lost. And the lad went. You'd expect people to be really nice to a kid who's lost, and he went. Oh, you fucking joke! <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't be asked. He went, right, okay, stand by the counter. I'll ring the police. <laughs> oh, that's the, there we go. Um, So he, they've landed. So, of course, Spielberg's done Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I don't think you've seen, have you, Colts? No, but we've covered quite
3: a bit
2: of Spielberg on this podcast now, haven't
4: we? Yeah, we he he have. He got
3: the idea, Ben, actually, from Close Encounters... Oh did he? So at the end of Close Encounters when the aliens arrive, sorry Cole's for spoiling it. Yeah. But that when they arrive, yeah, he got the idea and thought I wonder if there's a film if one of the aliens sort of got left behind and how would he experience earth on his own and if somebody sort of found him if some children or something found him. And he came up with that idea and he thought it'd be an interesting concept and he sort of passed the idea on to uh, a screenwriter who at the time was Harrison Ford's girlfriend who would then become Harrison Ford's wife who he knew and met her from when he was filming Raiders of the Lost Ark in the year before. He told the idea to her and she went, I'll have a bash at writing it. She wrote it and wrote (laughs) E.T. So she was writing E.T. while he was filming Raiders with her boyfriend, with Harrison. And then uh, at the end of Raiders, he went, have you finished that script? He went, yeah. And he went, right, let's have a look. Read it and went, this is bloody good. Let's see about making this one next. It's easy, isn't it? Wow. It's easy. I was just thinking that, I mean, that time, 80s, 70s, in 75, he's done Jaws. Close Encounters. Close Encounters. Is then doing Raiders. Then he does E.T. I mean, he's just printing money. Just one hit after hit after hit. Yeah.
2: What a man. So E.T. has been left behind. What do you do? You you run into town and you try and find a little outhouse to camp in, don't you? Yeah. And whilst E.T.'s in the outhouse, that's the first time that we meet Elliot, his brother, and all of their, like, friendship group.
4: When I was young, I so wanted to be in that kitchen.
2: That house. That's what I remembered, because the house is massive. It felt so American. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, the lighting of this film is extraordinary. But the atmosphere, they're eating pizza, they're playing yes. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, it'd be meant to be there. And they're talking over each other. It doesn't feel set, does it? It feels very natural.
2: Yeah. It's made it feel very like it's a real home. Whenever the kids have got scenes together, it reminded me so, so much of Stranger Things. Like yeah. so, And then when you think about the premise of Stranger Things... You like this summit in It's just
3: rot Yeah, it's just completely robbed from ET, The Goonies. Yeah. completely.
2: Anyway, so Elliot goes to meet the pizza man, doesn't he? Being the youngest, he gets sent out to meet the pizza man. And as he's bringing the pizza back, massive in-
4: pizza. I just had. To- I'd had frozen pizza, <laughs> Chicago <until> town. It's <laughs> massive. We could it, Like twenty-seven inch. Yeah. It's like the-, the
2: ones from Costco. <laughs> So he, he brings it in, and as he's bringing it up the old driveway, he hears a funny noise. So he goes to investigate the funny noise, and that's when he has his first encounter. Well, he
4: throws the ball in, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, and then he sees something, and he doesn't know what he's seen, but he's scared. So he runs into the house, and he says, I've, I've just seen something like a... What does he say? Is it a mutant? Something like that. He, he doesn't know what it is, does he?
4: And they think it's an animal, don't they? Yeah. So
2: they all go out, they all grab kitchen knives. <laughs>
4: they think it's raccoons, don't yeah. they? Yeah. My brother had raccoons. We switched the lights up on once and caught them all. <laughs> and they do, look like, they do look like a cartoon when they're stopped.
3: What do you mean? Like, <laughs> so, like they've been caught doing something yeah, naughty? <laughs> he, had, he
4: had this <laughs> turf laid. He lives in America. He had this turf laid. And apparently they really love There must be bugs in it or something. Or they like lifting it up and tearing it out around. And I was talking to him that night in his house. And out of nowhere he, sees, he goes, Raccoons! <laughs> <laughs> he went, they're doing the law, they're doing the Lord, I'm going to get them. He puts the light on, the floodlight in the garden. And they all go, Dit! like freeze. Like they
2: can't be seen if they don't move. <laughs> yes!
4: Yeah. They make a right old racket and they don't move. They're not arsed. I mean, what's he going to do to them? He's not going to do anything to them. He just goes, go on, go, go away with you. Yeah, away, be gone. Be gone. Piss off. I'm staying here. I'm digging up your lawn, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are funny, They go and pat. They're funny. But yeah, I wouldn't mess with them. Bit like a badger. I wouldn't mess with yeah, that. It's the
2: American badger.
4: It's the American badger. So he throws the ball in. Very, very famous scene. The way the lighting is, throws a ball in, ball comes back
2: out. Got a big wide in it. Yeah, it's beautiful,
4: beautiful lighting. And then they smash the pizza, which is a downer. But he knows there is something there. They can't find it.
2: Yeah, and they see a footprint, don't they? And they're like, oh, it could be anything. But they know they know it's a weird footprint. But that's it, you know, end of investigation. Everyone's back in the house, but... Elliot kind of thinks that there's a little bit more to this, doesn't he? So he kind of camps out.
4: And then he hears something in the corn, doesn't he? Yeah. Which is a great bit of filmmaking. Because all the time, he's doing a bit similar, I suppose, to what he did in Jaws. He doesn't really want you to see E.T. clearly for a whole portion of the first bit of the film. Mm. So you're always seeing him in shadow or covered by something until Elliot sees him. Which gives
2: you an idea of fear. He puts you as Elliot.
4: It's very clever.
3: Another clever thing that he does, Spielberg, he films it all on Elliot's eye level. Yeah. So that you feel just as much as a child and as vulnerable as what he does. Very clever filmmaking. Yeah,
4: you're right.
2: As Elliot and E.T. start to have more and more encounters, they start to develop a little bit of trust, don't they? And... Although they can't communicate with each other, they can kind of gain trust and gain respect for each other. And they do that by reaching out. E.T. does the typical child thing of copying every move, doesn't he? And, you know, you kind of get this bond from them. And Elliot takes it on him that E.T. isn't actually safe and that there are people after him and that it's his job to be a friend to him, look after him.
4: And also that you start to get that feeling of the synergy between them, don't you? Yeah. That they both start feeling similar things. So they become at one. Uh, E.T. can almost communicate mentally with him.
3: Well, he's a loner as well, isn't he? Yeah, he, He's not really got any friends of his own. Corey Feldman, who was in Stand By Me, yeah, that we watched last week, he was meant to be Elliot's friend in this film. Spielberg uh... gave him... Um, apart and he decided against it because he thought Elliot should be a bit of a loner hence why he's got such a close relationship with E.T. and then he promised Feldman he would put him in a one of his other films that he makes and then he produced Gremlins which is why Corey Feldman is is basically playing the role that he would have had in E.T. he plays that role in Gremlins.
4: I've just remembered Mm. I've met Elliot
3: Have you? Yeah, you've told me this story as well. Who is Elliot? Henry. Thomas.
4: Henry Thomas. Do you remember the guy in that Netflix show? What was that Haunted House show?
3: Haunting of Hill House,
4: that's it. Yeah, I met him in America. And he answered the door. He knew my mate, and my mate... I went to go into his house in America. My mate never said anything. And he answered the door. And it's like... You get used to seeing people, don't you, in our job? But I just went... Oh, shit, that's Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> and he must have known. Lovely lad. Really yeah. lovely. But it's unreal how much that has gone into the psyche. I mean, I really felt
2: like I kind of knew him.
4: I'm like, God, that's weird.
2: Big childhood moment. Yeah. So we see them become closer and closer friends. They leave the Skittles, don't they? Or the peanuts, whatever they are. Pieces,
3: Pieces. Another bit of trivia about this. God, you
2: Tri- f- to say you've not
3: watched the film, Jack, You're on it. Spielberg wanted them to be M&M's. Yeah. He felt like M&M's were more universal. Everybody would get on that bandwagon and go, yeah, M&M's, we know them. And the Mars Company, which obviously own M&M's, said, piss off, you're not using M&M's because we think E.T.'s ugly. Uh? True story. (laughs) They saw the concept of E.T. and they went, no, he's ugly. He's going to scare people. We don't want E.T. to like M&M's. Wow. So you're not having our brand. And he went, all right, okay. Went and chose Reese's Pieces. The shares in Reese's Pieces on the back of the film skyrocketed because E.T. eats Reese's Pieces. And ever since then, product placement became a massive thing in cinema of people drinking Coke and blah, blah, blah. I mean, what did exist before that, but people really got on board. So
2: what you're saying is... E.T. was like the first ever influencer.
3: I mean, product placement did exist beforehand, but this really did ramp it up a bit more.
4: How amazing. Yeah.
2: So they're in the house, and Elliot kind of keeps him in his cupboard for their night, doesn't how's he? How does he get up the stairs? He follows the Reese's piece. I know, but
4: he can't really... Have you noticed that? Sometimes he can really run. I
2: because like, it's a kid on his hands, that's... <laughs> like,
4: I was like, how he go up the stairs and he gets in? He looks at everything, doesn't he? That cupboard. I remember
2: being a kid going... oh I want it, want in that cupboard. Yeah. Joining cupboard to your sibling's room. How mint like,
4: that's mint it's as big as a room. Yeah.
2: How yeah. mint. Oh, you'd sleep in there, be mint. The, when you were watching these films at eleven years old, you obviously had the American dream that I've had from the films that I've watched at eleven years old.
4: Yeah, I did. And but also remember now we are much more integrated into America. So back then a film would come out in the stage, you'd have to wait for it
3: mm.
4: in England. You'd wait. So you'd get a load of hype. And American and LA, particularly kind of Hollywood, but that kind of 80s LA seemed a million miles away from early 80s Newcastle. It's a different galaxy, Ben. It's a different galaxy, a, a long, 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 long way away. So <laughs> all of these things, like the BMX, the Reese's Pieces, the pizza delivery, it was all like, oh, I'd be meant to live there. The, the walk in wardrobe. <laughs> the big <laughs> breach. It
2: was like, "Oh, this is this will be mint." So, he decides to bunk off school for a day doesn't he and kind of get to know his new friend more. Show his new friend around the house and go through the awkward bits that you um you come across when you find a new planet a bit like dogs because that's always an awkward encounter isn't yeah, it
4: I think you'd have a rough tiiti you would have a rough time star to <laughs> <laughs> I think that wouldn't go down
2: too well at all can you imagine two seconds in and they they, <laughs> they you know they, they're really kind of getting along strong and Elliot kind of the trust and the friendship just grows and grows instantly and Elliot decides that he is He's in a position where he can tell his brother and tell his sister. And at this point, I'm like, no, no, don't tell him, you, you know, it's got to be your thing, you've got to keep the secret. But he tells his brother and he tells his little sister and his little sister has that brilliant line of, I don't like his feet. How good is she? Yeah, brilliant. Another
3: bit of trivia, what she meant by that. That wasn't in the script, that was an ad-lib. And it was only an ad-lib because she wasn't saying she didn't like E.T.'s feet. The guy who was doing the puppete- puppeteering. Yeah in the et thing there was loads of wires and cables coming out on top of his feet so she saw them as his feet Uh, and she said i don't like his feet because they were full of like wires because obviously it was like a a puppet
4: that's what spielberg does very well is he it always feels like every time each person sees et Mm. he captures the first moment yeah Brilliantly,
3: It was all filmed in chronological order. Ah. For that reason, so that he wanted to see the progression, basically, the full thing. And he says none of the kids were acting. They never saw just the costume lying at the side of the set. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: That makes sense, because you could really see Drew Barrymore really had invested completely in, oh, this is an alien. Yeah.
2: I really liked the scene where Elliot has to go back to school and E.T.'s on his own. So he kind of just becomes one of the family, doesn't he? And him and the dog have free room on the house. Straight to the big fridge. It's the American fridge freezer. Starts off on the old potato salad, pretty quickly <laughs> moves onto the cause light, flicks through the TV. I just think that's brilliant. And in, in the way they did that and made it feel so believable and almost real. And then equally, when the mum returns from school and the little sister is trying to introduce them, And the mummy's just in her own world and can't quite see all the mess and can't see everything that's going on around her. You know, the artistic license kind of just let that happen and, worked so well. And ET just always moves out of her view, doesn't But she? always for a purpose. Not like he's trying to avoid. Always yeah. there's always a purpose behind it, which I just thought was really really clever. <laughs> she
4: opens the fridge door and knocks him out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the, the noises that he starts to make of eh, yeah. like Yeah, yeah. Um so ET has started building something, hasn't he? Because ET has seen um Technology around the house. Boy,
4: you won't even remember those machines, will you? Not a those clue what was. Yeah. Oh my god. Was it
2: like for spellings? Yeah. I could have done with one, couldn't I?
4: And, every- <laughs> and everyone had one, so it would read out the word and test you, and it was like massive, massive. That's my version of a uh, PS5, a PlayStation yeah.
3: Five, or an Alexa.
2: Yeah. that doesn't talk back to you you type in so we don't quite know what he's building but as you see stuff around the house there's a scene when elliot returns home from school isn't there and again their communication has got better because et has been taught to talk by his younger sister in the most random way ever so elliot decides that et's smart enough to learn how to talk and communicate so it really does Step up to the next level. And she's
4: dressed ET up. I mean, how brilliant is that?
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: And we had a play date. We had a play date. I've dressed ET up in a wig and hair. What
2: are you doing to him? It's embarrassing. Yeah,
4: yeah. But you felt like he was really saying that.
2: Yeah. Um. And then that's where he gives him the name of ET, which is a great name. So with him seeing the technology around the house, he sees a phone and the communication that he starts to be able to have with elliot is that he he's fascinated with the phone and elliot says what is it what is it and it's at this point when elliot realizes that actually et wants to phone home he takes the comic book and
4: the tv and puts them together doesn't he yeah and then thinks actually i've got to go back yeah and she says phone phone and there is that very famous bit how many people at school you probably didn't get this everyone was doing everyone was doing a yoda
2: impression for a few years, then straight onto the ET impression, almost the same. It it is brilliant. So Elliot decides that being his newfound best friend, he has to help him do whatever he wants. So they go out to the shed, him and his brother, and they get all the materials they can, and they just they just let ET build.
4: Yeah, and while the Area Fifty One people are listening into the conversation, yeah. Already, so that's the undercurrent
2: now. Is is it's quite obvious and evident that they're being followed by? people who want E.T. for different reasons. When E.T.'s project's finished, when he's got everything he needs to get home, they take him, Elliot cycles him back up to where where he first encountered.
4: They have the really clever bit where they do it as trick-or-treat, don't they?
3: Oh, and they dress him up. <laughs> they dress
4: yeah. him up, and that is... I mean, what a brilliant piece of filmmaking. Yeah. So the older brother's got a knife in his head, and he goes, ouch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he goes to help. He go, he wants to help heal him, doesn't he? Yeah, which is brilliant. Because <laughs> you realise E.T., Elliot cuts his finger on the uh, saw, and E.T. can repair it. They dress E.T. up as a ghost. And then I always remember the Polaroid photo. It gets the flash and goes, ah! <laughs> Balls over. And then Elliot's like, what's Elliot? A kind of ghoul or something?
2: Yeah, he's got eye
4: shadow on, hasn't he? And I remember seeing this as well, because of course, you have it now. But when I was young, we didn't have trick-or-treating. We just had BMXs, but they're all dressed up. And then they had that really good bit where Yoda passes
3: E.T. Actually, in episode one, The Phantom Menace... There's a famous shot where I think one of the uh, senators or something are giving a big speech, and you can see there's like a little a little team of ETs in Star Wars, like they're in like the similar galaxy. So I think that's a because George Lucas and Spielberg are really good friends, aren't they? Yeah. So obviously Spielberg's had a little nod to Yoda in. An E.T., and then he's, he's had a little nod back. So they cycle
2: up, they fly. You kind of get this feel of how magical E.T. and everything is now, don't you? you? You're understanding his power more, and they take him up to get him home, and this is kind of where it all goes a little bit wrong, isn't it? Does he communicate with home at this point? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. And what happens? Do they just fall asleep? I tell you what, though, they can't like him very much, haven't they? They don't rush. Mm. They are pissed off for ages. Yeah.
4: Well, where's that other lad? Which one? You know the other ET? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Get some nerves. Get some. Always hang out, chick. Yeah. Get some nerves. Leaving. This was the real bit when I was a kid. The really sad bit. Elliot wakes up, can't find ET. I'll let you talk about this bit then, Ben. So the bit where. He can't find him and he sat on the chair and he does a very close-up shot and he goes, I can't find him, he's gone. And the older brother goes, well, I'll go and find him. I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, that's it, that's the end of the film. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't got home, he's dead, that's the end. (laughs) I was like, I was gutted. My head had gone, full gone. And then the brother goes up, doesn't he? He says, go to the woods, go to the woods. And then, then he sees him in the river and then I lost it. E.T., pale, lying in a river with a raccoon chewing on his finger. I was like, I looked at my dad, dad's giving nothing away. It's fine, it's fine, it's a puppet. I think that's what came back from my dad. Not involved in it at all. It's a puppet, son, don't worry. But my head had gone. So he's in bad way, isn't he? So he's got to take him home.
2: The kids don't really know what to do now, do they? Because they're seeing their friend, their new mate that they've been hiding out and looking after. They're seeing him in a way they've never seen him before. They're seeing what they think is him dying.
4: Well, it's killing Elliot as well, isn't it? That's the point.
2: They're both ill.
4: They're both ill. Because what you've seen through the film is Elliot. When E.T. gets drunk, Elliot gets drunk. So then when E.T. is dying, Elliot is dying. And they're lying opposite each other in the bathroom. The mum comes in and recognises that Elliot is not well. Yeah. And so it takes him out. So they're trying to break that gap between the boy and ET.
2: And it's the, the first time the kids tell an adult is kind of when everything kicks off with Area Fifty One at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. The scale of those tents and all of that—it just felt massive the first time I watched that as a kid. The old hamster run. Yeah, I just remember it so well. And in people in the spacesuit coming in to get ET, oh, God, and then, that was a good bit. That was a
4: good bit because you think they're going to be dressed like, you're going to be able to see their faces, but nine spacemen.
3: But yeah, that's the clever thing though, isn't it? They're dressed like aliens. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like to a yes. kid, they're more like aliens than what the alien is. Yes.
2: And they they look scary. And it's like, mm. you know, they're destroying the house, aren't they? And it's like, what is going on? What, what are you doing sort of thing? Then they seem to make a mini hospital out of the kitchen, don't they? They seem to have it all rigged up and... Elliot's on one bed and E.T.'s on the other bed and they're running tests, they're doing things and they're realising that they're trying to find out who E.T. is, where he's from and what the connection is between him and Elliot and there's a point where both their conditions start to worsen and then Elliot and E.T. kind of talk to each other and they have that moment over the bed, don't they? They basically just talk to each other and it's very much Elliot to E.T. and then Elliot's heart rate picks up and E.T.'s heart rate goes down and you can see that E.T. is almost killing himself to let Elliot live, isn't he?
3: Yeah. This was uh, Henry Thomas's audition. Have you seen it on YouTube? No. It's That's his audition when me. he's a young kid. We'll put it on the uh, gram. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, you can see his, basically his audition tape. And Spielberg's in the room, and there's a guy doing the lines, and Spielberg's basically just shouting notes out to Henry Thomas, and he's saying stuff like, you don't want to let your friend uh, go. Make sure uh, he can't take your friend with um, away from you. And Spielberg was saying, I want you to think of the most emotional thing that's ever happened to you. And it was Henry Thomas's dog dying. Not losing his mum in the supermarket. No, it wasn't losing his mum in the supermarket. It was his, uh, his dog being uh, put down at the vets or something. And him losing his best friend. And he says, I want you to... Think of that moment and think how upset you were and think of E.T. as your pet, your friend, and he's going to die, and action, basically. And what you see is Henry Thomas delivering this performance as a young boy, and he's really, 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 really believes in all honesty that E.T. is his best friend and they're going to take his best friend away from him. And you see the audition and... You do think, wow, Jesus Christ. And Spielberg offers him the part on the spot. He says, you got the job, kid.
4: I know, unbelievable. Yeah. It's exactly what he does in the film. Yeah. If anything, weirdly, I think the audition's even more powerful. Yeah. E.T. passes away and the... Oh, gutting. Gutting. That's a big moment. He dies. White. Yeah. Chalky like corpse like completely gone all the color gone out of him and oh the
2: most dignifying way whatsoever they put him in a freezer <laughs> in a freezer in a freezer, bag, yeah.
4: in a freezer
2: and the guy who's kind of like you can't tell if he's a goodie or a baddie but the air 51 guy who says i've been the same kid as you which didn't make much sense but he says you know this has been my dream this has been my thing since i was 10 years old you know do you want to say goodbye to him And he says, yeah, and he clears the room as he says goodbye. And I was trying to remember from watching it as a kid how they get out, how do they quite break out and what happens, because I couldn't quite remember E.T. dying and being put in a freezer. And it's that bit where as E.T. dies and Elliot survives, the plant dies and everything that Et's kind of affected dies. And there's just a really strong scene where Elliot basically almost says thank you
4: Says he loves him.
2: Yeah, and you know, thanks, thanks for being my friend, sort of thing. And then we see for the first time since he lost his parents in the spaceship in the supermarket at Aldi, we see his, <laughs> his red heart glow. But he
4: shits the lead, <laughs> didn't he?
2: Yeah, he
4: shits the lead. And I remember in the cinema, everyone goes, "No, no, no, he's alive! He's alive!" <laughs> he shuts it and walks off. Yeah, and it was like he'd forgotten. He'd gone, "Oh well, he's dead." Or order a pizza, shuts the (laughs) lid, and then as he's leaving, the
2: plant. the flowers regrow. And then he looks and he realizes and he gets his brother and he says he's alive. He's alive. But we've got it, we've got to get him out of here.
4: What Spielberg does really well is he never lets you, even though it's it's all fantastical, when Elliot's telling his brother, they do that bit where they're almost in a quarantine with all the smoke and his profile on, so he can shout at his brother. He's alive, he's alive, but no one else can hear it. But you know as the audience what he's saying, and that's fucking clever.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and they, they get him out through the old hamster tunnel. They, the brother dresses up, and they, they, just, they just run for it. His brother's had a few driving lessons. Quick, but on- to the woods.
5: <laughs> but only in
2: reverse.
4: And then he stops his mate, the best mate stops his mate, get the bikes. And his mates go, yeah, they all put their hood on, the big the big earphones. Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, they were big, Colson. I mean, that was a big thing. If you had those earphones, because they were just radio, no Bluetooth. It's just a radio on those. Is that what it was? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a radio. That isn't even a Walkman. That's like a radio, and he's like ready. Then they're on BMXs, brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
2: They get on the bikes, don't they? They they get out the car and they they start to cycle, and it, then it's it's gone from a car chase to a to a bike chase. But the one thing that we know that Air Fifty One don't know is that these pedals can do more than just hit the pavement, can't they? They can fly. Yeah, and they fly back to where they first ever found ET, and Elliot's realised that the red beaming heart of ET means that they're kind of they're coming back. They're coming back to get him. So there is a bit a sweet bit of you know it, 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 it is almost over in a way. And they get back, they get to the field, and it's just Elliot, his brother, sister, his mum, and the baddie slash goody. And then the mates are kind of sat back, aren't they? And the people from Area 51 are obviously still chasing. But we then see this spaceship land, which is the only bit where you realise the age of the film, isn't it? Yeah. Because that shot where you can almost see the CGI cut around and you can see on them... They're so small, you can almost see the bits of green screen that aren't cut around them, like the CGI. It's like they've been cut and just put on a frame sort of thing. But you don't really care that much, do you? Because it's kind of all what this film's about. Well, Drew Barrymore in that moment, that
4: young girl at that moment, has completely sold it, and he has.
3: They're devastated. They're devastated. They've filmed this entire film for how many months? What is it, three, four, five months? Yeah, ET is their best friend. They've had a great summer, and now it's the end of the film. Yeah, and the kids—they're gutted. End of film.
2: I'd liked that bit where ET says to Elliot,
3: "Come." I think I might go.
4: Yeah, let's have a go. Let's have a look. Would you
3: go, Jack? Uh, Yeah, I'd go. I don't think. I I think it's right for the film that he does. Yeah, 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 totally. The the, uh, John Williams had real trouble. doing the score to this ending because obviously this is when the music kicks in and it's do and he couldn't get he couldn't get the right notes he couldn't get the orchestra to hit the beat basically when everything was lining up um so spielberg said right you do your orchestra you do the song you want to do and i'll re-edit the ending and i'll fit it to the music Rather than the other way around wow.
2: that's the power of being John Williams I guess isn't it
3: well it, it just wasn't it wasn't getting the emo it wasn't hitting the bits that he wanted it to and Spielberg agreed because obviously he just edited the film and give him it and gone put a score to that and he gone it's just the ending I can't with the timing of every shot and blah 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 I- the piece of music I want to do for all the right moments it's not hitting the right scenes so he went show me what you've got I'll listen to that and I'll just re-edit it to fit your music. Oh, that's great. And he won an Oscar. Wow. (laughs) And I won an Oscar, which was was
4: nice. Which was a great evening. (laughs) Which is a great evening. I wrote a bit of music. won an Oscar.
2: (laughs) So yeah, that brings us to the end of the film. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and give our ratings.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: So we're back. We're off the spaceship. We decided to go, but we've been dropped off in time to give our ratings. Um, I'll let you two start. One of you two.
3: Yeah. I mean, I really like this film. It's a classic Spielberg again, isn't it? He's just an absolute genius, this guy. I mean, you do look back and you think, "Yeah, Spielberg is one of the best directors." But then, when you actually really do dissect the film and think what he's coming up with, I mean, it's it's an alien that doesn't look fucking real in the slightest. Why am I crying at the end of it? Yeah, I shouldn't be. It's a kids' film. I sh- What am I doing? I'm a grown man. Do you know? But you still do. You still with the power of John Williams as well and the kids they're they're acting um, everything the whole story I'm not going to go 10 it sounds like I'm teeing up for a 10 but I'm not going 10 only because believe it or not I think Spielberg's done better films as as big as this film is I think he has done bigger films I'm going to go 9.2 for me
2: what is it 0.2 for ENT
3: do you know what as well when this film came out right it was the highest grossing film of all time when it came out for 11 years did you know that and it was beaten by jurassic park which of course is another spielberg film and when when it was uh, when it got released onto vhs well it didn't get released onto vhs he went down the line and told universal to go down the line of not releasing it onto VHS. You know, like what Disney do when they bring a film out? Yeah. Well, they did do up until the nineties, the film wasn't available for you to rent or buy on video so that they would, it would be an experience that you had to see in the cinema, which is what Spielberg did up until uh, 1988 for like six years, because it was the most pirated film in in the (laughs) eighties.
2: Ben?
4: Uh, Yeah, everything Jack said. I think it's slightly tinged because I was bang on the right age to watch this film. Yeah. And I was in the cinema and no one had seen it before. I was in a kind of, when I was very young, a kind of golden age of big movies. Golden age of Spielberg, really. And I remember seeing it. I completely invested in it. I find it very hard to separate the film from the younger Ben now Uh, because there is so much I love about it. And I think you're dead right, Jack. It's a crappy plastic bit of thing. When he's lying on the slab and you think, it's a bit crappy, but you go there. Yeah, I just, I was really thinking about this. I was thinking about my rating, really thinking about, you know, what could I knock off and whatever. And I thought in the end, in my heart, for that time, it's a 10 for me, for my age. And even now, I couldn't separate it. It was such a huge film for me to watch. Mm. The fact that I rewatched it now, forty years later, and still went fuck me, it's a banger.
2: For me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine. I don't quite know why it wasn't a ten. I really liked it. I got kind of all the emotive feelings from it. But um, yeah, it it is. It it it's just. It's a nine. It's just a very good film, isn't it?
4: Twenty-eight point two. Yeah,
2: big rating. Big, that. big rating. It's a big film, Et. Yeah. Now, time for the biggest part of the podcast.
3: Huge. The moment you've all been waiting for.
4: <laughs> the moment Et's been waiting for. <laughs> Jackson and
2: Jim. Yeah, do, you go on, Jack. Do do the jingle as Et.
3: Jackson in Jim of the week. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll tell you what, it gets better and better this podcast.
3: You never lose Brilliant. it. You, you never, never lose. lose Brilliant. Uh
4: so your hidden gem this week, Jack?
3: So my hidden gem this week, it's a documentary. It's on Sky documentaries. Um it came out quite a while ago now, probably about uh two thousand and twelve, thirteen, something like that. I think it's a documentary you've seen, Ben. See if you remember it. The Wolf Pack. Oh, yes. You do? Yes, I do. They all live in that flat. They do. It's a family. Mum, dad, and there's probably about five brothers and sisters. And they live in this apartment in New York. And the kids have never, ever been outside. Wow. They're yeah. all of an an adult age. So they're all like late teens, early 20s. And they've never been outside. They've lived since birth in this apartment. And what these kids do is they watch films and they create and reenact the films in their bedroom to a degree of making their costumes, making props, and re filming and reenacting scenes from films. And their world is this apartment.
4: Like me and you, Coulson. <laughs>
3: yeah. They're not held prisoner, but
2: are they? Are they not? Is it like a religious belief or is there anything to that? Or is it just...
3: It's weird. Don't get me... I mean, that is weird. Just living in an apart- in one room for your entire life is weird. Um, there's elements of, are they being kept prisoner? Are they not? They'd never uh, catch COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe not. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a fascinating watch. It's about 90 minutes long. Uh, that's on Sky and Now TV. It's called The Wolf Pack.
2: Meanwhile, me and Ben still haven't watched the final of the American Barbecue Showdown.
3: You've been talking that up for... We've that. been,
2: we've been oh, stuck.
3: We haven't been together to yeah. see the
2: end. We've been stuck. Not, we've not had a chance to do the last step.
4: Oh, that is... I mean, that's a hidden gem. It,
2: you, you're talking <laughs> about... There's a, there's a cliffhanger, and then there's a fucking cliffhanger.
4: A cliffhanger!
2: A cliffhanger! <laughs> we all, all, me and Ben know is we've got Rashid, Sylvie, and Nina in final. we just going to skirt over the cliff. Well, what it is a cliffhanger? No, <laughs> no cliff, it's a.
4: You stand on the edge of a cliff. Uh, no, no. No, 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 a cliff. Okay, cliff. I like that though. It's a cliffhanger. Speaking
2: of <laughs> speaking <laughs> of cliffs, do you want to know what we're watching next week? <laughs> Whose pick is it? Me oh uh, okay great yeah um, What wasn't at all what I was going to pick um, I've been I had a film in my head did for weeks that I kept saying I'm going to pick that next week I'm going to pick that next week but I'm not um, the heat wave is here summer is here oh here we go oh here we go you've made up it's not summer is it it's been pissing
4: <laughs> it down <laughs> You've made that completely up. Summer is here, heat wave, and now I hit with the American classic.
2: People are starting to go on holiday. <laughs> We're starting to get that feel of summer adventure. We 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 want to get out and about. We want to wear light clothes. We want to sing and we want to dance. Do we? So we are jumping on the plane. We're going to Greece. It's Mamma Mia two. Oh, Oh, for
4: fuck's, oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake! <laughs> Do you just pick sequels now? <laughs> oh it's my a good God. film.
2: It's all over TikTok at the moment and I just can't wait I can't wait to watch it again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I can't wait.
3: <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be a good one.
4: Mamma Mia too. Is what 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 happens?
3: It sort of flips between times, doesn't it? Donna's dead. Plot twist. Oh, well, you've ruined it for me.
4: I haven't seen it, I don't think. Is Meryl Streep in it? Donna's dead, I've just told you that. She's dead. Well, I didn't know who Donna is. Oh, so she... <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, I haven't
2: seen it. Is it in Greece? Yeah. Yeah. Great film. Well, actually, it was filmed in Split in Croatia, because when I was there, they were filming it. Right, and Mamma Mia 2. So, next week, we're watching Mamma Mia 2. listens. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you can join us on Monday to listen to this week's episode of Sofa Cinema Club Extra Terrestrial. Nothing to do with E.T., just our bonus episode where we tell you guys at home what you can watch on terrestrial TV. And you can keep in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Sofa Cinema Club. Um, Get in touch with us on Instagram. Send us a message. Let us know what you think of this week's episode. Let us know what you want us to watch next, maybe. Keep the conversation going and make sure you leave us a review on the iTunes store. Until next week, good night, God bless.
3: Bye-bye. Good night, bye. Bye.
5: Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?